This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. host today. I like to think of us. They... <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you, thank you. Um, I like to think of it more as a cruise director because I'm going to be sort of, you know, walking us through all the fun activities that are going to be happening today. It's my first time and I've been really nervous all week. What if I screw up? What if I swear? What if I do something awful? But is there... <laughs> you hold space for everything here. Um, and then I thought this morning, I realized that That's what community is though, right? I wanted to do this and I'm absolutely terrified, but when we're in community, we support one another, right? So I know you at home, you're gonna support me if I screw something up, you're gonna hold space, we'll figure it out. Those of you who are here live and come all the time, you guys can help me, right? Something goes wrong, yes, thank you, awesome. Okay, I appreciate that, thank you. Um, And then through no fault of my own, I will be miked while we do the singing. I'm terribly sorry, you'll have to hear me sing. If you um, wear hearing aids, that will be your time. You'll want to turn those down. Um, Eric and I have nothing in common when it comes to singing, so be prepared for that. And I know we're gonna have a great time because I am wearing my great time shoes. Has everybody seen the great time shoes? We are just guaranteed to have an amazing time. So um, first I want to talk about what an inclusive community we are here at Unity, yes. And what inclusion means for me personally is this idea that I don't always have to show up to our community exuberant, outgoing, exciting, however I am feeling, I'm welcomed, as are you. If I'm feeling wonderful and excited, great. If I'm here like I was the day after my dog died and I thought maybe I shouldn't come because I can barely hold it together, there's still space for that. If somebody's not feeling socially, like wanting to be outgoing, if you are in pain, if you are in depression, if you are in light, if you are in your shadow, you are always, always welcome in this community. And that's what it means to me. So, thank you. Um, So I think we're gonna go straight now to Solshine. Oh, well let's do that then. Eric, thank you, yes. So let's go to our mission statement. See, I was just rushing to like my favorite part. <laughs> I thought, we'll just go to, <laughs> to where I get to sing. Great. Okay, we are a vibrant, welcoming, multi-generational, prosperous community embodying love and awaking spiritual consciousness. Thank you. Soul shine. All right, let me take this thing off. There we go. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's just get right into it. We don't sing from our seats. We sing from our feet. So I don't hear anybody standing up. Come on now. Stand up. Okay. All right. Here we are in this room. Knowing we are one Together we Will always be Messengers of love Wherever we go, we go in peace 
Wherever we go, we go in love. Wherever we go, we are one. Wherever we go, we go in peace. Wherever we go, we go in love. Wherever we go, we are one. Wherever we go, we go in peace. Wherever we go, we go in peace. Wherever we go, we go in love. We go in love. Wherever we go, we are one. We are one. Wherever we go, we go in peace. Wherever we go, we go in love. Wherever we go, we are one. I claim my power to change the world. Change it with love. Change it with love. I claim my power to change the world. And so it is. And so it is. I claim my power to change the world. I claim my power to change the world. Change it with love. Change it with love. Change it with love. I claim my power. See why it's my favorite part? It's just beautiful. Um, I also want to make sure that I encourage the people at home to write in, to talk in the chats. You are a part of us. We feel you here. Let us know where you're watching from, where in the world, and um, keep, those, uh, keep those chats coming. So now I'm going to invite up the beautiful Claire Kubota to do celebrations. So get your celebrations ready. I'm so glad you said you were nervous. I'm, I'm a little nervous this morning um, because I, I'm not nervous when I do celebrations, but I'm nervous when I kind of write something that I've got to read because celebrations, I'm just sharing what you guys have shared, right? So this morning, I'm going to put my board president hat on for a few minutes. And, um, you know, those of you that are on our email list should have gotten yesterday our holiday wish list ask and we've never done that before so we're putting that out and I wanted talking about money or giving money is always a hard weird thing and I know that there's a lot of trigger stuff those of you that have have were past members of other churches maybe had an experience where you felt guilted into giving and I truly hope that you understand that at unity that's not our goal our goal is to inspire you to give and 
myself as well as the rest of the board feel very responsible for keeping our community financially healthy and for you know spending our funds in a very responsible way and i i know that we all are inspired what does inspired to give mean right and it's it's going to be different for all of us and so i thought well let me just share my story um and because unity has been a big part in my my transformation um let me put this in my pocket i'll need to get that out um i have finances and social, or not social, financial insecurity and scarcity have been probably my biggest, biggest kind of battle in my life. And, you know, especially as I got older and became more independent, um, you know, it's caused a lot of sleepless nights for me. It's caused more than enough marital arguments and just totally undue stress. And there was one day that I was sitting, I do the, Kevin and I have our own business and I was doing our QuickBooks and we had not had a few, you know, had some very good months and so I was feeling a little stressed out, had just finished out the month and was like, man, you know, and then probably, the, and there were some other personal finances that had come up that were unexpected. So I was, could feel, you know, the heart, rates start going up, um, blood pressure start going up, and, and getting stressed about that and coming up with all that, that whole tornado that starts, right, about the lacking and, and the fear and the anxiety that comes with that. And then Kevin walked up to me and said, our dear friend Tony is, who was really struggling with some mental health things and, and some struggles in his life, he said, Tony just called and he is in need of $2,000. And I just was so ready to just say, are you bleep, bleep, bleep kidding me? Like really, right now, this end. But because of my commitment to unity, I finally had the epiphany to say, wait a minute, spirit, what do I need to learn from this? How do I need to show up right now? Because obviously there's some lesson for me to learn here because you keep slapping me in the face with this, you know, with this stress um, about finances and I need to sh figure out how to show up differently. And just for the first time having that awareness that it wasn't all this, I could justify my feelings by all the things that were happening to me from the outside, right? Our business wasn't doing well, and I had to do it. Oh, and now we had this other stress thing. Oh, and now I hear have this friend who is asking for money. Like, really? And I said, wait a minute, I get to choose how I show up. And that's what is so beautiful about what we teach here at Unity, because a lot of religions teach you, you know, they say, here's the rule book, here's your guidebook, read what it says in here, and that'll teach you how to behave. At Unity, we teach, your guidebook is in here. You know, it's not all the outside stuff. It's how, and that's really, really hard. Because what does in here mean? You know, and, and you have to really connect and go deep to figure out and, and to hear that clear message clearly and to show up in a very different way than blaming everything that's happening around you. So just having that for the first time asking that question and saying, well, how do I need to show up? What do I need to learn here? Because it is, it's 
It needs to come from me. I can't change what the stock market's doing, what the next variant of COVID is going to be, and you know what the j latest jobs report is to determine how you know all that's everything that's coming at us from the outside. And so, I'm just so blessed that this community has given me that power and connected me with that, with that belief and that knowledge and that connection. So now I work really, really hard at you know, becoming very quickly aware of when I'm going into that fear mode, especially with financial finances, and say, okay, wait a minute, how do I change? And this community holds me accountable to that. And we need that. I came across yesterday this beautiful slide. Nolan, if you want to pull that up and Nico for the online. So Jimmy Carter is I just one of my heroes. I think one of the most giving, giving men in this entire world. Um, but what this quote by him, I just felt so connected with that. And because this community demands that I show up in a better way and I shine my light in a better way and in a more beautiful, loving way rather than a fear-based way. And to me, that's what this quote means for him. And sometimes we need that push. It's really hard to do that by yourself. So you need your community. We need to be preaching to the choir and say, yes, I am on the right track. So I just wanted to share that. So if you are able to give... Oh, would you like me to read it? Okay, yes, good idea. So the quote, Eric, is, My faith demands that I do whatever I can, wherever I am, whenever I can, for as long as I can, with whatever I have, to try and make a difference. So, and I, so that man will be, what, a hundred and... He will, he will finally die, you know, building a... Have, you know, a Habitat for Humanity home, right? He is not going to be sitting down. So, um, so I just wanted to share that with you. If you feel called and inspired to give a little extra or sign up for an auto, auto um, donation each month for the next coming year, that would be a, a wonderful gift to us. And if not, that you are still welcome here. Because as much as we, we ask that and rely on that, I, it is also not a requirement to be part of this community. So I want to make that very clear as well. All right. So ready for celebrations? That's my little. Okay. I think I, <laughs> I think I got everything in there I wanted to say. Okay. So we had a lot of online celebrations. So that's what I need to get to this morning. So I'll read those first, and then we'll go around. So James Pasmore, he and Joanne got to go to Kauai. They've been in Kauai for the past week. They come home tomorrow. I'm so stinking envious because I miss, I miss Hawaii. That's, that's our, our home. And, well, this is our home. But, you know, where you grow up, that's always your home, too. So I'm so glad you guys had a great time. Hopefully, Jim and Joanne, if you're watching out there, although it's, what, 7 a.m.? No, we're on a, it's two, only two hours now, so... Dave had some wonderful news. He is celebrating. He has only one week of treatment left. And I know he's watching, Dave. We are rooting for you, and, and we know that you're not feeling great, but we just affirm that you will be there very, very quickly, and just one more week. Hang in there, buddy. We're with you. 
So um, Terry Sandusky, who she, what did you want to add? Are you being the backseat driver again or the peanut gallery over there, Eric? And so it is, okay, yes. Um, Terry Sandusky, who's a member who she does the Bend Health Guide, which we have out there. She is celebrating a more positive total solar eclipse, symbolizing rebirth in 2022. So she's just saying that this new solar eclipse is going to be bringing some amazing good juju. So we're excited about that. A big one, Serenity Snow, who isn't that the, just the coolest name ever? Um, she is in Maui, another person in Hawaii, so, and she just got engaged. So super happy and excited for her. Yay, Serenity. We'll, we'll celebrate with you when you get back from Hawaii, but enjoy your time there. Anita Stewart is celebrating health and wellness, especially for her husband, Brian. So I'm guessing that, that Brian hasn't been doing too good lately, so we're so glad that he is feeling better. Yay, Brian. Continue health. And then Jane, where's Jane this morning? She is actually speaking at Portland Unity. So she is celebrating that Reverend Lisa, who is the Reverend at the Portland um, Unity, is getting her first day off in a very long time, and that we have enough amazing speakers here to allow Jane to go and support another Unity Reverend, and so that she can do that. She also said, she and Jeff went last night to see the Van Gogh exhibit, and said it was awesome, and if you have a chance to go, to go. So that's all the online ones. Okay, who, who here has a celebration? Surely we have some here. Eric. Uh, well, yep. okay. I got it covered. All right. Uh, I just want to celebrate another day of living. No, I just want to, <laughs> not you, but I want to celebrate Victor because we, have been without a car for a, about a month now, and we will be for uh, possibly a lot longer. And he has just stepped up, um, and he's been giving us rides here, and he's uh, going to be helping us out in other ways. And I just, I just, Victor, I appreciate what you're doing, and I wanted to publicly acknowledge that you've been a very good friend, and I appreciate you. And we do have. <laughs> I feel weird adding this right as an afterthought, but I'm going to anyway. We have a GoFundMe thing for uh, to help us with the car situation. So if you're feeling the urge to to uh, help out and you've taken care of Unity, then uh, if you want to, we would love to. Uh, you know what? This is sounding really weird, so I'm going to stop talking now. They need support. Yes, yes. Uh, I hate asking for this. Yes. Thank you, and thank you, Victor. What? What a beautiful step up for you. So, all right, who else? Jenny, you have a. I'm celebrating my precious, beautiful son's 40th birthday today. Uh, and his youngest daughter is with Grace in the nursery and just the, the wonderful joy that he has brought to my life and his whole family, his wife and his three daughters and a great-grandson, so I'm just celebrating all of that. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful. Sylvia, you, you've got your mic, go ahead. Yeah. Are we good? 
So I am actually offering a cautionary tale and a celebration. Uh, I made a horrific mistake over the Thanksgiving holiday by letting my partner's son play with my new five and a half month old puppy with a laser pointer. I didn't know that there was a thing called laser light syndrome and it immediately put her into an OCD state where she's shadow chasing. And the thing I'm celebrating, we've made massive progress this week and I'm grateful for that. And I'm particularly grateful um, Claire and Jane and I are the staff here and we meet every Tuesday via Zoom. We call ourselves the Trinity of Divinity because we can. And um, I was in a really heartbroken and pretty fearful place about this puppy because she was just on such a trajectory before this. Anyway, and Jane just, I just stepped right in and refocused in such a powerful affirmative prayer of the wholeness of this little spiritual being that this puppy is. And it really, I'm, I'm celebrating that prayer and I'm celebrating Olive's progress. I'll stop there. Anyone else? Laurel. I'm celebrating my dad being in town visiting from New Mexico. Yes, and he introduced her to Unity years and years ago, but this is his first time coming to this Unity. One more celebration. I'm just going to celebrate. For those of you that let me take your picture outside with the bottle can bags, we got our $100 for give, holiday giving bottle drop, so thank you. And Oh, awesome. Yeah. For those of you, so if you do not have a blue bag at home and are not collecting cans and bottles, we have them outside and, and in here. Make sure they have a little barcode sticker on them and take those home and fill them up and drop them off. And back to you, Rochelle. Thank you so much. Um, I just wanted to celebrate Claire for that beautiful share. I'm so glad money came up in our celebrations today because it's something that a lot of us don't like to talk about and brings up a lot of anxiety and fear and shame and we don't talk enough about it. So I honor you in bringing up a very vulnerable share. You did a beautiful job in reminding us of our own vulnerabilities around money. And also I wanna thank Eric. I love that you brought up the GoFundMe because we are taught in society all the time to give, 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 but we are not taught the power of receiving and that it is absolutely our birthright to receive as much as to give. So thank you for bringing that up and allowing yourself to receive and allowing us to give. So thank you for that share. Appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. Okay, now for everybody's favorite time. I know mine is soul shine, but I know for all of you, it's the reflection question. Everybody, I know everybody in this favorite. Uh-huh, I know. So a reflection question is where we get together with somebody who we do not live with, someone we are not sitting with, and we talk about a question, and we go back and forth for a couple of minutes, and our discussion question today is, what aspects of the Christmas story feels the most useful or spiritually powerful to you? So find a partner, somebody new, introduce yourself, and I'll give you a couple of moments to discuss. Yeah. Oh, yes, and at home, please do this. If you have somebody at home that you can do this with, please do that as well. Thank you. Come back to me now. It's like the hula. I'm about to do the hula. I love hearing that you guys still have little things to say back and forth, and so I encourage you after to take time in the lobby to continue this conversation. 
It doesn't have to end just because I'm demanding you all to look at me now. So, and at home, I hope that you continue the discussion as well after, um, after our service here today, because I loved seeing that people still, oh, one more quick thing to say, one more quick thing to say. So I love that. See, we get nervous about talking to new people, but every time we do, we make a new friend. So I love that. Um, we're going to transition into um, our time of prayer. And so I just wanted to remind you guys that we do prayer a little differently here than maybe some of you grew up with. Um, so before we get started, um, prayer is about um, how we value and practice affirmative prayer here at Unity. We are not beseeching a being outside of ourselves; Rather, we are accessing our internal light source to manifest and receive um, that which is inside of us and all around us. So I invite you to share um, your prayer in two ways. Um, here in the room, there are the green slips um, of paper in the back of the seat in front of you, hopefully. Um, they're there. And um, so please fill that out and then put it in the offering basket at the end of service. And for those of you online, you can go to Unity of Central Oregon slash prayer. Um, both these me uh, methods, you have the option to request prayer via phone call um, or email. A prayer chaplain will call and pray with you over the phone if you would prefer that sort of one-on-one -on -one intimate moment, or um, they can send it to you via email, which is what I like, as Naomi has also talked about before, then you can keep referring it back and also uh, send it to somebody else if your prayer ends up lighting something inside you that makes you think of somebody else who could always also use that, you can forward it to somebody else because it's amazing how often our prayers are also the prayers of the people around us. So I encourage that. Also, um, your prayer claim is sent to Unity Worldwide and affirmed in prayer for 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the entire month. I don't know about you, but I'm incredibly busy, and so I'll have this great prayer, and I send it out, and then like two hours later, I forget about it. So it's nice to know that as I send it out, there is somebody who's still thinking about this, praying on this for a whole month, even after I move on and don't spend the time that I want to around my prayer. Um, lastly, at the very end of the service today, if you would like to pray in person, there will be a prayer chaplain up here um, in the front, and you will recognize them by the um, white shawl. They're laying back there now. Some will be wearing a white shawl, and you're welcome to come up and pray with them at the end of service. Okay, great. Uh, and so now, actually, um, Donna is going to come up and do the prayer for us today. Okay. Okay, so it's the last day of Hanukkah, and um, it was a request that I do the prayer today for the, the menorah candle lighting. And this is a festival of light, and the whole season, whether it's Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it is, it's all about bringing light to the season. This candle that I'm going to light the other candles with is the shumash, and that is what uh, lights the other candles. So we are candles ourselves, and we help light each other's world up with love and light. So that is the story there. I've never done this with a microphone, a light, and a candle, so just bear with me. <laughs> 
There we go. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech olam, asher kedishan b'misvotav, v'tzivanu lahadlik ner, shel Hanukkah. And thank Pam for this beautiful menorah and these candles that burn bright. And when I do, <laughs> what, why am I shaking? Uh, what I do when I light my menorah candle, when I light my uh, Hanukkah candles, is each candle, I just think of something like prosperity, love, friends, family. That's my kind of little ritual that I add to it. So another thing about the holidays is that, why am I shaking? <laughs> is that, yeah, um, oh my God, that um, you can add and create your own rituals. And so, as you can see, this beautiful, beautiful menorah is all together. Um, I have a favorite Hebrew prayer that I sing, and when I sing it over and over and over again, I, I definitely ascend, I go somewhere else. And I just found out that the, <laughs> the translation is, Behold how pleasing and how, behold how pleasing, behold how pleasing it is for people to sit together in unity. <laughs> behold how pleasing it is for people to sit together in unity. So Jill and I are going to just sing this two times through, and if you know it, please sing it along. Sing along. Hine matumanaim shevrachim gamyachad. Hine matumanaim shevrachim gamyachad. Hine mato shevrachim gamyachad. Hine mato. Shevrachim gam yachad, hine matumanaim. Shevrachim gam yachad, hine matumanaim. Shevrachim gam yachad, hine mato. Shevrachim gam yachad. Hine mato shevrachim gam Amen. Thank you so much for sharing with us. I was <clears throat> a little moved to tears because growing up as a Buddhist, I haven't had a lot of experience with um, the Jewish faith, so I'm very grateful. Your presentation last time was phenomenal, and thank you so much for sharing this beautiful tradition with us. So, thank you, appreciate that. Okay, now it's time for Soul Shine. Actually, I'm confused. Are we doing the prayer song, or are we doing the other song? Okay. I thought that because I thought that might be the prayer song that we just did, so sorry.
Thank you so much. Okay, it's time for our affirmative prayer. If you can follow along on the screen with me. Do, do, do. Here we go. Yes. Love is our ultimate reality. Everywhere present and whole. It radiates abundantly and continually creates good in my life and in the world. As we gratefully acknowledge presence and power of love now, we see the people and circumstances we hold in prayer healed and illumined by love. And so it is. Okay, it's time for meditation with Sylvia. Oh, so we just bring our attention fully into this space, into the holy instant of right now, which is where all life is lived. And we focus on our inner light. We have the lights in the Christmas tree. We have the lights in the menorah. Within each one of us is great light, great rays of divine light. And let's turn in, focus in on that. Feel it really grow in mind's eye until we're not just looking at our light We are our light. We are looking through it. And from that space, let us just go into quiet knowing that our great ray is joined with all great rays, birthing good in our lives, in the world, and in all of creation and hold that for a moment in silence with me. As we bring attention back to the room, let's not fully take attention from this light that we are. This light is one of those things that the more we give, the more we shine, the more we have. We carry this with us now, the rest of this service, the rest of this day, the rest of our lives. Soul shine, I believe.
the night wind to the little lamb. Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little lamb. Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? A star, a star, a star dancing in the night with a tail as big as a kite. With a tail as big as a kite. Said the little lamb to the shepherd boy. Shepherd boy, do you hear what I hear? A song, a song, high above the tree with a voice as big as the sea. With a voice as big as the sea. Shepherd boy to the mighty king. Do you know what I know? In your palace warm, mighty king. Do you know what I know? A child, a child, shivers in the cold. Let us bring him silver and gold.
That's maybe the best version I've ever heard of that. And having grown up Christian, I've heard a lot of that kind of thing. Um, I'm going to go a little off script. To st- I'm Sylvia Hayes, by the way. I'm filling in, honored to fill in for Jane while she is delivering the talk in Portland. Um, uh, and I'm going to go a little off script in two things. First of all, unity is very inclusive. And you can th- I've heard it said somewhere that you can be almost any other faith and still be unity. So what I was prepared, I can't believe I'm actually doing the most kind of conventional Christmas talk we're going to get, but I am. There's a story to that. But before that, I, I came up with a discussion question that was asked, you know, what's your best or most meaningful Christmas story? And as a Buddhist, I was up here, we were discussing, and she said, well, I'm not really sure what you mean. She's like, my mind immediately went to that movie where the kid pokes his eye out or something, <laughs> the Christmas story. And I had to laugh because even the fact that I would just put that question out there and kind of assume people would go where I go, where I go, do you go where I go? Um, um, uh, that just show, it shows our own assumptions, right? So I loved that. And then I also want to tag on, before I get into my talk mode, I want to tag on as the vice president of our board to what um, Claire shared, because it's really, it, I really resonated with that, the whole lack and, and fear and stress around finance has been one of my biggest challenges until recently as well. Um, and unity has been so unbelievably useful for me in releasing that garbage and realizing that divine substance is actually my source, not just any one job or check or whatever. But I want to share a little story because one of the last ministerial classes that I took this last term um, was on prosperity. And it, was a, it, it, had a, it had a requirement for tithing. And tithing is a weird word for many of us. But I've come to realize that tithing is just basically being sure that you're continuously and intentionally in flow with income that comes in. And it can also include time and other things. But this was intentional, like 10% of income. And at the beginning, and I had, I had been, I'm a regular giver here and elsewhere, but I hadn't really been paying attention to exactly how much, right? Um, and so we, at the beginning of this class, we were to set a prosperity intention statement and keep it on our fridge. And the, they're like, what do you, and the thing that popped into my mind was $43 million. And I don't know where, but you know, it popped into my mind. So I'm like, why not? Let's put it, that's still on the fridge. The teacher came back and said, that's really awesome and aspirational. And why don't you also include something that might be a step toward it? Um, <laughs> so I put, um, $15,000, because between the, the start of that class and the end of that class, the ten, the 10 weeks, because that would actually be an amount that would be super helpful to what I had going at that time, a little business adventure and whatever. Uh, the class ended, and I had plenty of prosperity. I was just doing great, and I had been tithing re- very regularly and keeping track of that. And um, a couple weeks ago, so when COVID first hit, I'm a small business owner, and when COVID first hit, I applied for some of the stimulus funding through the, there's a little program called the EIDL, was a COVID disaster release for small business, and I was denied that, that funding. Oh well, I made it through anyway, things were working. Um, but a couple weeks ago, I got uh, um, an email from the Small Business Association saying, we think that you actually are in a region that qualifies for the next round of this. So I went ahead and filled out the application. They already had my information. I thought I was p- applying for this little $5,000 chunk, which would have been great. I actually wound up applying 
they, you automatically applied for the 5,000 and the 10,000. And I got $15,000 dropped into my business checking account. Just like that. And then when you're in a tithing and flow, then it's like, wow, okay, 10% of that to give away feels big, right? Also feels awesome. That's what I have to say. Funding uh, a GoFundMe campaign, the beauty of that is when we give, especially when it's a little bit of a stretch, it's a reminder that we can. It's a reminder that we actually have the resource and capacity to do that. So anyway, Claire, thank you for inspiring me. I'm going to talk about what I'm supposed to talk about today now. Um, uh, uh, and I'm going to be a little more on my notes than I usually am just because it's been a pretty challenging week. But the Christmas story. So that, that story holds epic, epic hold in most, in most of um, Western culture. And most commonly from those of us from a conventional background, um, conventional Christian background, the Christmas story really is about this virgin mother who gets somehow impregnated by an aspect of God, the immaculate conception, winds up going on an ep epic journey, having a baby in a manger full of animals because there were no inns in Bethlehem, and of course the baby is Jesus. Now, in a literal sense, it's a big story in our culture. I don't believe it was ever intended to be interpreted literally. Uh, kind of as Donna alluded to, between November 1st and December 31st, there are at least 28 official holidays, and almost all of them have to do with light and with bringing light back into darkness. It's also the time of the solstice, which is what I personally prefer. It's our, it's our longest, darkest night, and then we head back toward the light in the seasons of this planet. The story of Christmas, I believe, is the story of the, the evolving consciousness of humanity, of, of humanity coming back to the recognition of the light within ourselves. Carl Jung has called these kind of stories the stories of humanity. Mary is often put forward, I can't believe I'm talking to y'all about Mary. Um, <laughs> this, is never, this is something that I would not have done even two years ago. Mary is often put forward as having um, importance because she gives birth to Jesus, who's the really important one. But as I've studied unity more and really stepped more into the metaphysical approach to um, these stories and these characters, I think she's really fascinating uh, character in and of her own right. She was someone who believed deeply that they needed a Messiah, and she decided that she when this thing happened to her, and whether she had sex with a person or not, who knows, you know, who knows. Um, by the way, the, the word virgin in Hebrew simply means unmarried. It has nothing to do with the other. But that's the least interesting part of the story to me. She believed that we needed a Messiah, and she believed enough in it that she was able to go on this journey. She was able to step outside of the laws of man and cultural programming that was no doubt telling her, you're a naughty bad person, and it's crazy for you to take off like this, and you know, it's just a baby, whatever. She stepped outside of that. She had a spiritual call, a groundedness, a knowing that guided her in that path. Now, I've mentioned many times the author, the late Walter Lanyon, who is one of my favorite early New Thought teachers. Look him up, it's really worth it. Um, he challenges you, boy. Um, 
he, he puts forward the, the mother of Jesus as an example of virginal mindset. Um, a virginal mindset. So think of it, I like to think of it this way. When we let our ego, and when I talk about ego, I'm talking about it really from kind of a Course in Miracles perspective. It's a set of, it's a construct. It's a set of beliefs that, and stories that we tell ourselves about our own identity and about our world. It's our human level of thinking. And when we let ego step into our driver's seat, our mind can become adulterous. It runs here and there having affairs with all kinds of idols, right? Affairs with fear and with lack and with anger and with stress. And, and when that is happening, we're not in our spiritual power. Mary was able somehow, with, despite all the crazy appearances before her, to stay in a place of not giving in to an adulterous mind. She stayed in virginal mindset. And we, by the way, when we are in that egoic thinking, that adulterous mindset, running around having affairs with all, usually the affairs of our lives in this earthly realm also suffer, right? That mindset can make messes of things. Uh, I've actually heard, and I think, I think we recently had, um, Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. speak here, and I believe he mentioned that a lot of folks who talk about this cultural and societal programming that we get bombarded with, that it's actually a colonization of our minds. It's a colonization of our actual, our actual free will and power. Um, and in fact, Eckhart Tolle once said that ego identification is a monstrous act of reductionism, which I think is fabulous. I actually think one of the main parts, one of the main purposes of this human part of our journey is to, is to remember our true identities, to begin to reduce and at least tame ego and step more into the truth of us as powerful, powerful spiritual beings. Mary is an example of someone who had tremendous courage in stepping into a journey that was not accepted at that time. She was someone who, who knew she was ready to birth something magnificent, something that the world needed, and she put away the laws of man, man stepped into divine truth, and went on her journey. She opened up to a revelation that led to an elevation into virginal mindset. And I think, you know, maybe it was immaculate conception. Immaculate means pure, flawless. That's all it means. We are all ideas in the mind of God. We are all an immaculate conception. Think about that. Are you grokking that? We are divine, we are ideas in divine mind by our very nature. We are immaculately conceived. Mary, whether human intercourse was involved or not, Mary was so aware of oneness, of presence and possibility, that she actually manifested something that has had phenomenal, profound impact on humanity and our world. And I would suggest to you, to each one of us, not only are we immaculate conceptions, but we are absolutely 
empowered to, to, to birth immaculate conceptions into this world, into our lives and into this world, right now, at this time, when we need it. We are immaculately conceived and we are birthers of immaculate conceptions. Now I wanna shift gears a little bit and talk about another Mary. Here's another Bible thing I'm doing. Um, and she, she's my favorite. This is Mary Magdalene. Uh, and she is in modern Christendom probably the most controversial character in the Bible. And I actually believe that how the Bible depicts or fails to depict her is one of the most obvious examples of how its architects manipulated narrative to try to lay down certain, certain narratives and certain norms. Mary, or the Magdalene, if she is, some, uh, she is sometimes called, she's put forward in the Bible as a prostitute at one point, as demon-possessed at another point. In fact, in the year 591, Pope Gregory officially, publicly declared her a prostitute. Now, it makes you wonder what was going on in 591 that he thought that was a strategic move, right? Maybe, maybe that, this divine feminine, maybe they were sensing the power perhaps there and afraid of it, trying to keep that suppressed. Although the Bible diminishes her, it even records the fact that she was present at Jesus' uh, death and burial and that he, she is the first one the resurrected Jesus appears to. And it, and it, and it kind of reads like it was by design. I was fascinated to learn and, and raise your hand if you know this, Mary Magdalene wrote a gospel. How many of you knew that? I think this is so fascinating, y'all. It's in the, it's in the, it's in the, what they call the, it's the body of Gnostic gospels. Hers is actually found in uh, the Berlin Gnostic Codex, which was discovered in 1896. Chunks of it are missing, but it's a, it's a, it was, it really caused a stir because what she put forward painted a whole different picture from what the official church had painted about who the apostles were and how they worked. She wrote about some of the actual teachings that Jesus delivered to the group of apostles of which she was a central part, by the way. She was like, I'll get to that. Um, uh, but these are, the, these are the, the conversations that apparently they had between the time that Jesus resurrected and then ascended off the planet. These are, the, this is her version of what, I think, the, I think it's Luke and John, anyway, books that are in the Bible called the Upper Room Conversations. And I'm gonna just read you a few excerpts from um, the Gospel of Mary. She writes, the Savior said, all nature, all formations, all creatures exist in and with one another, and they will be resolved again into their own roots. Peter said to him, since you've explained everything to us, tell us this also. What is the sin of the world? The Savior, Jesus, in this sense, said, there is no sin, but it is you who make sin when you do the things that are like the nature of adultery, which is called sin. That is why the good came into, into your midst, to the essence of every nature, in order to restore it to its root. Now at this point in the book, um, Jesus tells him to go forth and preach the gospel of the kingdom, with a capital K, and he leaves them. 
The book of Mary next goes on, but they were grieved. They wept greatly saying, how shall we go to the Gentiles and preach the gospel of the kingdom of the son of man? If they did not spare him, what are they gonna do to us, right? Mary, then Mary stood up, greeted them all and said to her brethren, do not weep and do not grieve nor be irresolute for his grace will be entirely with you and will protect you. But rather let us praise his greatness for he has prepared us and made us into men. When Mary said this, she turned their hearts to the good and they began to discuss the words of the savior. Peter said to Mary, sister, we know that the savior loved you more than the rest of women. Tell us the words that of the Savior which you remember, which you know, but we do not, nor have we heard them. Mary answered and said, what is hidden from you, I will proclaim to you. And she began to speak to them these words. I, she said, I saw the Lord in a vision and said unto him, Lord, I saw you today in a vision. He answered and said to me, blessed are you that did not waver at the sight of me, for where the mind is, there is the treasure. I said to him, Lord, how does he who sees the vision see it through the soul or through the spirit? The Savior answered, he doesn't see it through the soul or the spirit, but the mind that is between the two, that is what sees the vision. Now, several of the next pages in her book are missing, um, and, sh and where it picks up, she describes this powerful vision that she had uh, of and with Jesus. And the next part is when the apostles, the men, all the rest of them are men in this, in this group, are silent for a second after she shares this vision, and then this happens. But Andrew answered and said to the brethren, say what you wish to say about what she has said. I at least do not believe that the Savior said this, for certainly these teachings are strange ideas. Peter answered and spoke concerning the same things. He questioned them about the Savior. Did he really speak privately with a woman and not openly to us? Are we to turn about and all listen to her? Did he prefer her to us? Then Mary wept, and, I'm almost done, and said to Peter, my brother Peter, what do you think? Do you think that I've thought this up by myself in my heart or that I'm lying about the Savior? Levi answered and said, Peter, you have always been hot-tempered. Now I see you contending against the woman like the adversaries. But if the Savior made her worthy, who are you indeed to reject her? Surely the Savior knows her very well. That is why he loved her more than us. Rather, let us be ashamed and put on the perfect man and separate as he commanded us and preach the gospel, not laying down other rule or law beyond what the Savior said. And when they heard this, they began to go forward and proclaim and to preach. Not, your, not what we hear in the normal Bible story, right? There's something about Mary. <laughs> something about. It is widely suggested now that Mary Magdalene actually got Jesus' teachings, the truth of what he was trying to convey, at a level that was deeper than the other apostles. That's what's kind of widely, widely held now. Um, and although her book has never been officially recognized, in 2016, the Vatican declared Mary Magdalene apostle to the apostles, their equal, and the first one to start sharing the message of resurrected Jesus. I find the Magdalene to be another example of virginal mind. She was so subsumed by spiritual truth that she defied convention 
and she, and she stepped into a knowing that was probably very dangerous to her and was able to really convey some of these powerful spiritual truths. As more become, has become known about her, she's actually become something of a kind of a feminine icon, an example of, of the divine feminine energy. Creativity, sensuality, intuition guided by profound faith that has really been very suppressed in patriarchal Western thinking, but interestingly, they can't keep it down. They can't, you can't keep the divine feminine down, right? It's a, it's the, the divine feminine is the powerful partner to a healthy masculine, the divine masculine. It's more collaborative, it's restorative, it defies convention, it's greatly needed. And we all have masculine and feminine no matter what is in our pants. Um, It's a spiritual thing, it is not a a genetic or a biological thing. so Gnosis, she's also a central figure in the Gnostic Gospels. And Gnosis is basically about, it's about the steady, persistent move toward taming of the ego. It's also more mystical. It's about the, the revelatory knowing of truth, spiritual truth, that unites body, mind, and spirit moving forward. And by the way, um, Anyone interested in Mary Magdalene, this is the book that I have found most interesting, The Meaning of Mary Magdalene, and it's by Cynthia Borjolt. Uh, There's a lot of really interesting stuff way beyond what I can share in this talk today. Charles Fillmore, one of the founders of Unity, actually interpreted Mary Magdalene as showing that when we go through the crucifixion of ego, a purified soul is, is always there, constantly present to see it through. This is why we practice, right? We practice to try to purify our souls, to get to the point where when stuff does bubble up in the, in the, in the human earthly realm, we have the spiritual poise to handle it to great outcome, to allow great outcome to come through. Fillmore also interpreted Jesus' mother, Mary, as the soul that prepares itself for the higher life, the virgin mother a soul preparing itself for higher life, for higher mind action, and living in a higher dimension. Many of the spiritual pathways talk about, share about the the idea of Christ consciousness, of Christos. It way predates Christianity, and it is not Jesus' last name, it's Christos, it, it's, this, it's this consciousness, this, this, this presence, this awareness that's available to all of us. And awareness of that Christ consciousness, I believe, is virginal mind. The purified soul, the virginal soul, that's the goal. That's what we're after. This is why we meditate. It's why we pray. To Claire's point, it's why we come together to gain this power collectively where two or more are gathered, we are more powerful, right? It's why for some of us we get out into nature and hug trees for real, right? That whatever we do that helps us get into the awareness of oneness, the truth of who we are. It's also why 
we study, and it's why we consider what, what applications to our own lives do these stories and metaphors have? This time of year, for most of us, um, the, the metaphors that are really kind of front and center are conception, birth, obviously again, returning to the light. Human beings don't just conceive children. We conceive new civilizations. We don't just get pregnant with babies. We get pregnant with great ideas for our own lives and for our world. We don't just gestate a new life form in the form of a child. We gestate great ideas. We don't just labor to bring forth a newborn. We labor to bring forth historical movements. That's happening now. And we don't just give birth to children. We give birth to new versions of ourselves. That's the spiritual pathway, right? That's the journey. The purified virginal mind is a consciousness that transcends the working of human-only mind. It's, it, it, it's an entering into what we truly actually are, not just who we are, what we are, as powerful spiritual beings, always with light available to us. There is a great, great light in each one of you. And this holiday season, I just encourage you to clear space on the altars of your minds and light the candles that are already there and shine them more brightly into our world. May you reclaim virginal mind and step into the full power of your true selves. Merry Christmas. You cannot keep the feminine down. I really appreciate that. And also, and thinking about my parents, I really do like the idea that we are all immaculate conception. <clears throat> I like thinking about that much better. <laughs> Mom, dad, if you're watching, hi. Uh, and also, thank you for that idea that we are all birthing new things. I don't have children, so, but I birth new ideas. I birth a new me all the time. So I really appreciate that. And now we are going to be honored by Donna in giving us another one of her gorgeous poems. So, thank you. Take it away, Donna. I'm on the altar of not knowingness and the virginal mind as we go into this poem. <laughs> be the shumash, light candles for others. Be the bright light that you are and illuminate a room when you walk into it so that others feel loved. They feel your radiance. They know they are the divine expression of the God Goddess. Be the Shumash. Be the Mary. Don't be afraid of the Mary. Whether you're male or female, don't be afraid of that Mary. She's got some powerful tools. She is the essence of love walking. She is the beauty of wisdom talking. She is Mary, and yes, there is something about Mary. Be the Jesus. That's a bold statement, be the Jesus. Be the Jesus, well, whoever, whatever you hold in your heart about Jesus, be that. When you walk into a room 
And all of a sudden, you notice the God and goddesses that are standing there before you be the Jesus. He knew your divinity. He knew your wisdom. He knew your love. Be the Jesus and spread that Jesus all over the world without the, the absolute hypocrisy of all of the other things that have gone before when we try to put Jesus in the room. Be the Jesus that we want in the room. That distinction is what is going to set us free. Revelation and elevation are here right now, right this moment. So now it's time to be the one. Be the one who knows everything about everything. Be the one who knows nothing about nothing. Be the one who sees and hears and feels all of it within one nanosecond. Be the one. And I welcome you and invite you when you go out in the world to be the one who embodies grace and love and ease. Be the light of the world. It is our responsibility. It is our divine calling. It is our blessing to be the Shumash.
Thank you, guys. This is the time where we like to welcome visitors. I know it is an introvert's nightmare, but who here um, is visiting us for the first time? We'd like to say hi. Yes, in the back. Hi, welcome. Dawn, yes, thank you for joining us today. Welcome, Dawn, thank you. Excellent, yeah, give her a round of applause. Who else is visiting us for the first time? Ooh, yes, this lovely lady here. Melissa, Melissa. yeah. Ooh, new to Bend. Where did you move from? Uh, from the coast. From the coast. Excellent. Well, welcome to Bend and welcome to Unity. Thanks, Melissa. Who else? Yes. Dad. Yes. Dad. I'm Dad. <laughs> Family Dad. Yeah. No, I love it. I've been joining via Skype or whatever it is. Uh-huh. Oh, thank you so much. Wow. We welcome you. So excellent. Thank you. Thank you for adding to our community today. Anybody else? Okay. Yes? Someone I'm not. Oh, yes. Hi. I'm April. Hi, April. Oh, welcome. Yeah, from the long journey from sisters. Yes. Thank you. Excellent. We hope when the snow comes, you will still join us. It becomes a longer journey at that point. So <laughs> thank you. All right, um, now we're getting to the offerings section of our programming. And um, can I have the ushers come up? All right, excellent. And as the ushers come up um, and join me, um, I wanted to talk about how giving is just another practice in our active prayer through the flow of abundance. We get to give of our financial resources, as we talked about earlier, um, linking arms together in gratitude to facilitate our shelter and gathering place here on this land for the services. Um, there are several ways to give here. You can give in this room in these lovely baskets from these lovely ladies or via text message. That's how I choose to do it. Um, us young people in our savvy phones these days, we're always on it. Or you can give online to um, unityofcentraloregon.org slash donate. So let's pray over these empty baskets. We see these filled and overflowing with abundance of what is needed, as it's needed, when it's needed, free-flowing in, through, and back into our community. All right, ladies, thank you. I got gratitude in my heart. I got gratitude in my soul. I just want to say thank you, thank you. I just want to say thank you, thank you. I just want to say thank you for it all. I got gratitude in my heart. In my heart, I got gratitude in my soul. In my soul, baby. I just want to say thank you, thank you. I just want to say thank you, thank you. I just want to say thank you for it all.
wonderful. Thank you, guys. And thank you for those of you who are dancing a little bit in the seat. I saw some of you over here. Excellent. So let us now do our blessing over our offering. We can do this together. Do, do, do. All right. Well, I'm going to get started. It's usually on the screen. <laughs> Not to call Nolan out or anything. Um, <clears throat> here we go. Let's do this together, everybody. From the love of pure spirit within us, we bless these gifts. We send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. They are evidence of our faith and belief. They do good work in the world and return to us multiplied abundantly. And so it is. Thank you, ladies. Wonderful. Okay, I've got um, a few announcements here. <clears throat> the uh, holiday schedule is going to be a little different than usual. Um, that's coming up here. Yes. So um, there will be a Christmas Eve will be um, a live and here and also streaming service at 5:30. There will also be a New Year's Eve service um, outdoors. Oh, it's the oh I love this. Oh, I'm so excited to do this this year. Um, the burning bowl. Um, and bonfire gathering at 5.30. There will not be Sunday service right after Christmas, and there will not be a Sunday service directly after New Year's. So I want to make sure that you guys all get all that on your calendar, but there will be these services. So make sure you have that. Um, the next announcement we have is that out in the uh, gathering area, there is um, the Five Principles book will be on sale for $12.99, as will the uh, Zen coloring book. So you can, um, on your way out, pick up one or both of those um, excellent books for, um, for sale. Yes, I'll just add please. Want to get one? I've got my computer if you want to use a credit card. And those of you online, if you would like to get one, um, you can email me at that email address, and then I will, you know, we can arrange, I can leave it out for you to pick up, or we can arrange pickup for you to come by. Okay? Great stocking stuffer. Thank you. Good point. Great stocking stuffer. Um, and then on um, December 18th, really important, um, there will be a benefit concert. Tom Grant, the solo amazing pianist. Yes. Thank you. Absolutely. Wonderful pianist. We'll be doing a fundraiser for our dearly beloved um, Dave Finch. It will be here live as well as streaming for those of you at home who are more comfortable at home. It will be done both ways. So we really encourage you to join us because it's supporting somebody that we all love and adore very much. So, and it's going to be an amazing performance. Um, so please join us for that. Um, and then also the prayer team, just reminding you, will be available right after service up here. We will leave. They will come. So if you want somebody to pray with you, please come up and, um, yeah, and take part. So um, now we are going to do our prayer of protection. Okay, here we go. Please join me. The light of God surrounds me. I am the light of God. The love of God enfolds me. I am the love of God. The power of God protects me. I am the power of God. The presence of God watches over me. I am the presence of God. Wherever I am, God is. Because I am. Feel free to sing along. You know the words because you just said them. The light of God surrounds me. 